Welcome to Ethical Quandaries. I'm Jessica Veldstra. And I'm Denise Thompson. And today, we're excited to start talking about Celine Dion's new line of baby clothes. (laughs) Because apparently... It's super controversial. Super controversial. Baby clothes. Who knew? (laughs) The hats, the gowns, the feet. What else am I missing? The rompers. Rompers. The onesies. Gasp! I'm missing a lot, I'm sure, but there are many types of different baby clothes. There are. Celine Dion's, I'm hearing, are very controversial. So today, in preparation for this episode, I did a lot of work. (laughs) What did you do? Surprisingly. I watched the commercial (laughs) for her baby clothes line. Uh That's what I did. What did you think? I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) Like, I thought it was funny, and I thought it was supposed to be funny, Mm -hmm. and at the beginning, I was laughing. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the whole thing, I was like, there was a point where I like clapped my hands like a <laughs> giddy child because it was funny to me, mostly because it starts out with her being tackled by two police officers and her saying, but I'm Celine Dion. <laughs> and I think that that's just a funny play on, you know, like the celebrity, whenever celebrity, a celebrity yeah, yeah, whenever celebrity gets like arrested, they yell their name and who they are. Don't you know who I am? I'm Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Things like that. So anyways, that's what I thought. I I thought it was funny and I thought it was a little odd, like a different yeah. type of commercial, but I thought the clothes were cute. Yeah, they are super cute. They're little black and white clothes with like stars and stuff on them. They're they're really cute and unique for a baby line because they're not doing the whole pastel-y thing, which uh, that's the whole reason that they're actually controversial is because she has because a, they're black and white yeah they have our gender neutral baby line and so that apparently is of the devil but what did you think of the commercial i thought going it was backwards i thought okay so the commercial was funny i thought it was a little weirdly done but it was funny <laughs> like it wouldn't have been my choice if i was like my creative like, choice. Oh, this is approved by me, Celine Dion. Yeah, but it was it was just a little. It was just more like my artistic preference for that. It was, but it was goofy and it was funny. So, are you gonna explain the commercial? We probably yes. need to explain so, the commercial. So, starts out where she's getting tackled and saying that, <laughs> but I'm Celine Dion, <laughs> and she walks into like a maternity ward, which like I don't know because it says even, like a like, couple hours before. I don't think that, like that even exists anymore. But you know, fun times, and all little babies are dressed in blue or pink. And, and all in their little, like, hospital, hospital. bassinets. Mm-hmm. And she takes out her bag, and she takes out black sparkles, and she blows them into the air, and then all the babies are wearing her line. And then she gets arrested. And then, yeah. <laughs> They're and then, chasing her down the hall. <laughs> Dramatically. <laughs> she does She does talk about, what does she say in the commercial? What are the words there? Uh, You know, she says stuff i mean i guess we can listen to it yes let's listen to it again here it is so it starts out she's running down a hall cops are chasing her she gets slammed to now it's okay it's okay i'm celine dion it says one hour earlier our children they are not really our children as we are all just links in a never-ending chain that is life 
blocking between the babies. They are everything. But in reality, we are only a fraction of their universe. Little blue, blue babies and little pink babies. Bag. Glitter. Glitter. Everything is black and white. Little babies in black and white outfits. Pops. I can't believe they call security. I'm not spending the night in jail. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> chasing her. Easy. I'm Celine Dion. Yeah, girl, and I'm Beyonce. <laughs> I'm calling my agent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, that was the advertisement. <laughs> she just, like, did this. Everybody is in one line of life and, you know, like, human beings aren't owned. Kind of thing. Like our babies don't belong to us. Yeah. So I'm gonna guess that possibly <laughs> that is part of the controversy, and we're talking about controversial with mostly mainstream evangelical Christians. Mm-hmm. There's been some think pieces written. Yes. So I'm gonna guess that they have a problem with her saying that the babies don't belong to us and that they're kind of their own little beings. Which I could be wrong, but if it's true, I find that interesting that they would choose that because growing up in a Christian home and a Christian atmosphere, I was always told that I didn't really belong to my Mm -hmm. parents, that I belonged to God. I was Mm -hmm. a child of God and that my parents were chosen, Mm -hmm. like, to raise me. And that was, like, Mm -hmm. the way, you know, the world works, that we're all part of this big story, (laughs) which I feel like she's kind of saying... But I feel like also when Christians hear that, they get all pissy. I don't know, because they have to have some sort of weird ownership over their children and, and also talk about how God <laughs> I don't know. So am I right? Is that the controversy? Um, there may have been some think pieces about that. What really got people, though, is the gender neutral part, because that's apparently Satanistic. Wait, so when I was born... Uh-huh. My parents did not know what they were having, uh-huh. and so they had all yellow and green clothing, uh-huh. which was considered gender neutral. That's of the devil. Of so the now devil. why... Wait, <laughs> so you're saying that they're upset because that commercial is Satanistic? Yes. Satanistic. Because if you don't genderize your children immediately by putting them into blue or pink clothing, apparently it's of the devil and completely against God's word. And I'll I'll read you part of this, which is is super huh. interesting. So please do because I so am really in, confused um, how blue and pink clothing in christiannews.com they talk about the line and then they you know talk about what she is making and that the plus sign is a symbol of equality cuz their logo is a plus sign and it's a symbol of equality and there she's trying to make a new order in the new world which we'll come back to because i know that's triggering for a lot of people who <laughs> grew up in the 90s i don't know if you can describe my face <laughs> but in the article it says as Previously reported, the scriptures state that God made the woman as a complement to the man, and the two sexes are to be distinct in their presentation. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, and neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. Deuteronomy 22.5 reads. And Dr. Oh. Ray Ortland Jr., pastor of Emmanuel Church in Nashville, Tennessee, once stated the very fact that God created human beings in the dual modality of male and female cautions us against unqualified equation of the two sexes. Oh. 
this profound and beautiful distinction, which some belittle as a matter of... the two sexes are not equal. No. A matter of mere anatomy is not a biological triviality or an accident. It is God who wants men to be men and women to be women. And so that is part of the controversy is because you're basically going against scripture by putting little boys in not little boy clothes, gender neutral clothes, and little girls in not little girl clothes, gender neutral clothes. But I would like to go back into history just a tad. I was actually going to ask that. So I'm confused about this because... The little boy, little girl clothing mm-hmm. hasn't has only been around for less than a hundred years. years. Yep. Um, before that, they put babies all in the same yeah. clothes, like white frilly dresses. Yeah, like they're think all about in white it. frilly dresses, and or even just white dresses. My dad mm-hmm. was in a white, white dress. dress, and it was not that long ago. We're not talking even a hundred years. We're talking about about. 70 years ago, little boys were still in little dresses. And one of the reasons is that they actually put all babies in the same dresses. It's It was economy because basically you didn't have to buy new clothes for every baby that you had. But also they put them into long dresses and that was a safety reason. So So I'm just going to point out mm -hmm. that the Industrial Revolution kind of had a play Mm -hmm. and capitalism kind of has Mm -hmm. a play in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, capitalism and Christianity are like, you know, just linked and tied. (laughs) (laughs) They're braided together. Uh, But yeah. So really before the mid you know, 1900s, there wasn't a separation between what you put on a little boy and a little girl, and including up to age eight in some periods of history. Until they were about age eight, and then they would be breached, it was called, and little boys would start wearing pants, and little girls would continue to wear dresses. But before that, they all wore the same thing. I want to read something from the Ladies' Home Journal Mm -hmm. from June 1918. (laughs) I looked this up real quick because I knew that Mm -hmm. this existed. Mm -hmm. This is a quote from Mm -hmm. the Ladies' Home Journal article... June 1918. The general accepted rule is pink for the boys and blue for the girls. The reason is that pink, being more decidedly a stronger color, (laughs) is more suitable for the boy, while blue, which is more delicate and dainty, is prettier for the girl. Yeah. So let's just talk about the fact that this is all cultural and has nothing to do with Christianity whatsoever. But people are trying to make it into such. And it's not only 1918. (laughs) In 1927, Time Magazine printed a chart showing sex-appropriate colors for girls and boys according to leading U.S. stores. In Boston, they told parents to dress boys in pink. So did Best & Company in New York City. Hal's in Cleveland and Marshall Field in Chicago. So all these big stores Mm -hmm. were telling parents that pink was the norm. Mm -hmm. So what I'm proposing is that Companies are controlling what mm-hmm. you're putting your children in. Absolutely. And Christians are... Falling into it and making it a ethical thing, a, a moral thing. A moral and biblical ethical mm-hmm. problem. Yep. And let's face it, Celine Dion is also selling a product. But it's not a moral dilemma here. What you put your baby in is not ethical or moral. It is just what you clothe your baby in. And basically, they're trying to sell more clothes. So yeah, before everybody would just pass down the same item of clothing down to all the babies until it wore out, you know, then they're trying to make sure that you buy at least one, you know, item of clothing for your boy babies and one item of clothing for your girl babies. But what colors those are changes throughout history and what looks appropriate changes throughout history. And it's all, you know, a matter of what companies want you to buy. But also 
the argument was, well, we should be raising our boys as boys and our girls as girls. And there's really only two options there. And I think that people get really confused by this conversation. So let's break it down. Break it down. I don't know where you're going. Break it down. Break it down. So people think that there's only two genders or sexes and they confuse gender and sex and they confuse gender, sex, and sexuality. (laughs) So sex is... There is a reason we have three different words, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And there's actually more words. But sex is what you are born with biologically. And it is not an either or. People think it's an either or, but it's not. So three things. Blasphemy. I know. Three things (laughs) compose this. One, your chromosomes. So you can be born with a chromosome XX or XY. Um, And depending on that, you're either chromosomally a male or a female. However, you can also be born with XXY and XXYY. And so in that way, there's diversity in what you can be. So it's not straightforward male or female chromosomes. In, you know, you you would say XX makes a female, XY makes a male. Well, what is XXY? Because you've got two X's, which is a female, and one Y, which is a male. So chromosomally, you can be intersex, somewhere in between those two sexes. What's the next one? The next one is, the next one of the three parts that make your, your, make sex, your sex is your genitalia. And that can be different depending on on some biological differences too. You can have one ovary and one testes. You can have, you know, enlarged clitoris or a small penis and they just don't quite know which one it is. And so there is a large variety in your, your genitals that you can be somewhere in between the two sexes. So you can be either a male or a female, but you can also have external genitals and in an internal gonads that are somewhere in between those two. Then also, on the top of that, you can also have hormonal differences. That's a third thing that makes your sex. And then some people who look very female, they have a vagina, they have breasts, they look female, may never know that they're not chromosomally female because they have what is called androgen insensitivity, which means that they have an insensitivity to testosterone, so they never develop male sex characteristics, even though their chromosomes are XY. So they look like a woman, but their chromosomes are XY. We saw this with one of the Olympians recently. And they'll never, they don't have a period, and that, and sometimes they don't know why, and so they don't ever know that they're not a... Well, because you don't um, usually get chromosomally tested. Right, no. There's no reason you're perfectly healthy. Why would it matter? Basically, you're, you're just insensitive to testosterone. So you look like a female on the outside, your chromosomes are XY. Then also on top of that, there are specific genetic differences that some children look like girls on the outside and when they hit puberty they develop secondary and uh, primary sex characteristics so they develop a penis and um, testes at that time so there is a wide variety it's not one or the other that's sex then there's gender so what's the percentage (laughs) of the population that is born intersex because one of those three things and you know one you know some people will may never know because if you have like an internal um, so they're just doing the percentage on people people that they know is about one percent 
So, so that's, that's like one in a hundred. Yeah. Okay. And so, so we live in a town of 11,000 people. So that is a lot of those 110 people. people. Yeah. And if you look and people are like, well, 1% is not, not that much. Well, look on your Facebook feed. You have 300 friends. That's three of them that are reading your comments that people are only born male or female. So, you know, it is actually a kind of a good percentage. It's not unheard of. It's people that you know and people in the community, you know, and so think about that. And people, some people just maybe had this and will never know because, you know, they didn't run into any health issues with it because really, you know, primary and secondary sex characteristics aren't really that vital to a lot of health things. So they may never know. So um, for years I was convinced that I was born intersex. <laughs> because you wouldn't have, well, you wouldn't have known. Because no, you I wouldn't have known. <laughs> but I, <laughs> there's always been this mm. little bit of like something in my head that mm. I thought I was born intersex, mm-hmm. uh, not because I felt like I was, but mm. I had an operation when I was five. Mm-hmm. And being so young and being so little and having an operation, and it was a hernia operation, so it was down in my lower groin area, I had this operation. (laughs) And it was, you know, just a hernia. And I was explained what it was, but then as an adult, like looking back at how things came about, I always had this fear. And I finally confronted my mother about it like a year ago, and she (laughs) thought I was insane. She's like, you know, that was a hernia operation. And I was just like, are you sure it wasn't to like remove some testicles? And so there's also the thing that throughout past and recent medical history, since we've got modern medicine, people with ambiguous external genitalia, the doctors would actually ask the parents or they would make the decision themselves to correct it. And oftentimes you lose sensation then. They corrected it to something that you're not going to like identify with later on. And then you don't know why because they were said, well, whatever you are raised as you will be. Well, that's obviously not actually the truth. So now people have been more receptive to allowing people who are born intersex to either decide when they become of an age that they can make those decisions, what they want to do, or just, you know, leave it be. So, you know, just up to them, which I think is the more appropriate. Since they are them. Them and they are the owners of their body. And so they should make the, you know, you shouldn't be really having surgery unless it's for health reasons until you can make those decisions yourself. So, um, shouldn't be getting my baby nose drops. <laughs> no. <laughs> what if they have a really ugly nose? They're a cute baby besides the nose. I just want to fix it. So that sucks. Then gender is if you identify as male or female and there's also gender roles which are identified as the cultural expectations of those genders. And that changes from culture to culture. We talked about in previous episodes that depending on where you are throughout history, women were seen as either hypersexual or non-sexual. So that's a gender role that people are socialized into, but don't necessarily, don't have anything to do with reality or science or anything like that. Men being strong and logical, women being weak and gentle. Well, those are just gender roles that our society has put on us. It's not actually based in science. And I mean, I do feel like testosterone makes men stronger. With, with um, most, but not if you look at it, individuals, not so much. You can it's put an always. individual against another individual and an individual woman can be stronger than an individual man. So you can't really generalize. You can go over a huge amount of people and you'll have, you know, men with more upper body strength, women with less upper body strength. But if you take an 
individuals, you're not going to see that kind of distinction all the time throughout people. And yeah, so like a man can be just as gentle oh, as yeah. a woman, you know, and or, you know, just as kind or the idea that there's math or logic is a man saying that's not seen to be true if you but women or girls are socialized not to be interested in, in math and sciences and it starts about age eight that they realize that they shouldn't be interested in math and sciences and so that you know that kind of thing is just our culture and in other cultures you know women are seen as being more the engineer and more perceptive and so it depends on what what your culture is for that. Um, So that is something that people can identify with a different gender or different gender roles. And I think that like, actually, I would say, you know, you can predominantly identify with a different gender than what you were born with. And I would say that all people act outside of their gender role at some time or another, because I think that almost every man I know can be gentle and nurturing and almost every woman I know can be strong and logical so we all act outside of the prescribed cultural gender norms all the time and then there's sexuality and that is who you're attracted to or not attracted to and that's a continuum as well and so there's people who are are attracted to their opposite sex. There's people who are attracted to their same sex. There's people who are attracted to both sexes and then there is people who are not attracted to anyone and are not interested in having sexual relationships. And then there is also, and that's just, (laughs) as an asexual. And they're often um, also marginalized. We're only here to have children. (laughs) We're only here to procreate. There's no other reason to have sex. Um, And then there's also... Um, Which I feel that the clitoris proves wrong. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, keep going. <laughs> so, so and, the fact that it exists yeah. proves that. But but asexual wrong. people may not be interested in any kind of sex. But that's who you're attracted to. That's who you may want to have sex with. But there's also behaviors, and so somebody who is heterosexual may be celibate, and so has never had sex, and so you know, and you know, somebody who's asexual may have sex all the time. And so there's behaving outside of your sexual orientation as well. And so you have different behaviors. And so... So what you're saying is this isn't black and white? No, there's a huge range. Huge range. Unlike, <laughs> unlike the onesies <laughs> that, that are black, are black and white. And white. <laughs> this isn't black and no. white? No. And so I think it's ridiculous that people have decided to make this a black and white issue with morality tied into it and religion tied into it because it is simply not that black and white. And in fact, if you look at some of Jesus' statements, he too acknowledged that there is a range because he said that some people are born eunuchs and some people are made them. And so, you know, he's likely talking about intersex people when he's talking about people who are born eunuchs. And in fact, in the Old Testament, eunuchs were seen as unclean. And in the New Testament, Jesus made that statement. And when Philip met the eunuch, that eunuch was an evangelist to Ethiopia. And so he was a sexual minority, somebody who would have been seen as unclean and not been able to worship in the temple and not been able to participate with the people. But instead, he was seen through Christianity as a leader and chosen to go out and preach to his community so like that's the redemption that we should be seeing in christianity instead of this black and white 
box thinking. Well, because it becomes mm-hmm. very rule-oriented. Exactly. Well, and... Oh, so another reason that I thought could potentially be problematic mm-hmm. is that people are so scared of their children growing up to be transgender. Mm-hmm. So the fact that if you put them in black and white clothing, give them non-gender roles, mm-hmm. that they will grow up for their gender to not match their sex. Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying for Christians. Mm-hmm. So you personally don't think Celine Dion is recruiting transgender Well, first of all, I would ask, why is it terrifying for Christians? Yeah. Why would that be terrifying for somebody to not well, no, identify? I didn't, I didn't right, say yeah. that. I, like, but that's like what the the thing is. Is that why would it be a scary thing for somebody to because identify? Because it would go against that verse that you read. <laughs> and again, I would go back to that was an Old Testament verse. And, you know, Paul stated, you know, there is no male or female in Christ. So we should be free to be who we are. Yes, that you know in our society because of prejudice you may have a harder time but we need to be the redeemers of our society and change that so i'm gonna talk about transgender a little bit Mm -hmm. with myself Mm -hmm. so thinking that i was possibly born to intersex (laughs) but also growing up in the united states Mm -hmm. where transgender is starting to become a little bit more known um, known about i don't think it's say it's accepted at all but Mm -mm. a little bit more known about So I guess I have been aware now of a few years that if I wanted to say that I was a man, I could. Mm -hmm. But interestingly enough, I am a woman Mm -hmm. and I have always felt that way. Mm -hmm. And I have never chosen that. And so I think the thought of the fact that I grew up in yellow clothing Mm -hmm. and predominantly green (laughs) and a lot of hand-me-downs that were boys' Mm -hmm. clothes. And then the potential thought that I might have been intersex. (laughs) And then the the option of having this out in the Mm -hmm. world and the fact that I still haven't grabbed onto it and decided that that was my life speaks loudly loudly to the fact that putting someone in (laughs) clothes and... Putting someone in clothes is not going to make them anything. Mm -hmm. You're putting your babies in gender-neutral clothing. And I think it's absolutely great. Also, I think letting your boy put on a princess dress is not going to make him gay. It's Mm -hmm. not going to make him a girl. He is who he is. Yeah. Both of our husbands played with dolls growing up, and we let our boys play with dolls. Because you know what? They're going to be when they grow up. Good fathers. Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) maybe girls playing with Legos, they'll be good engineers. And, you know, that's just ridiculous that we've completely, like, delineated that as being a boy or a girl thing. Well, but also that that you've put so much power into... Items. Items. Yeah. And and how someone... Material things. Yes. And, you know, I see it all the time. I see so many parents say to their little boys, I see it so much with little boys. I feel like being a little girl, it was cool to be a tomboy. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, why wasn't I just me? Mm -hmm. Like, why wasn't it... Just who you were. Just who I was. I liked to fish and I loved camping and I loved all these things and I liked playing with little boys more than little girls. And I was always described as a tomboy. Mm -hmm. Always. And I was really proud of that mm-hmm. and I think I was proud of it because boys were looked at with such value yeah. boys were better than girls and so and yeah. so it it's was... okay for a little girl to act like a boy because that's better because it's better mm-hmm. and and with all these little boys I see in public and in my store and they come in and they like pretty things mm-hmm. and they want to pick up a bath bomb and oh my goodness heaven forbid I have seen parents get physically 
like ripping their children out of the store because that's what that's a girl store mm. and i'm super confused at why lotion and bath bombs are girl, girl items mm. yes they are marketed more mm-hmm. towards females because of our culture and our gender roles but why can't a little boy like a bath bomb? He's got skin. Why can't he put <laughs> lotion on? He's got skin. Uh-huh. I mean, you put lotion on your babies right. <laughs> when they're babies. Why in the world at four years old do you now make your son not do that? And, but you know, putting a necklace on your little boy is not going to make him anything. He um, will be what he is. And, and no there's ma- not, I mean, there's not proven- a huge amount that you can do to change who your kid is, there is amount of damage you can do by trying to make him not who he is. If anything has shown us, people choose to live who they are mm-hmm. born as, mm-hmm. no matter, mostly, I mean, it hasn't been cultivated in them. It's been quite the opposite. Like mm-hmm. they have been told that what they are is wrong mm-hmm. their entire lives. So if you're telling someone that they're wrong their entire life and they're still doing doing and, it. and feeling that that is who and they feeling are like that's who they are yeah then what yeah, your socialization isn't going to affect anything exactly so it's not going to go the other way either it you can't take a little boy who feels like a little boy who you know is was born a little boy and, social- and tell him mm-hmm. and socialize him and say you're a little girl and you're always going to be a little girl and, and- you're always going to be a little girl that doesn't make him a little girl. Mm-hmm. And so this so- socialization or what we're putting our babies in, the clothes that we're <sighs> choosing to put on them, is not going to make them anything. It blows my mind. So that's probably what most people are upset about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they're irrationally and, scared. And, you know, I will say that socialization does have an effect when it comes to okay, I identify as a little girl and I am a little girl and little girls are not good at math, so therefore I am not good at math. Oh. Because you're trying to go with who you are. Yeah, but I so, also feel like, yeah. I mean, yeah, no. It, but you're, you're still going to be good at math in, internally. You can't stop somebody from like, they just don't think that they are. Well, yeah, and you can and you can have a transgender child who thinks they're the worst piece of crap mm-hmm. yeah, because exactly. they've been told that. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so that does make a difference, but you're, you, you can't really change who somebody is. And I don't think you should be really trying. And I think that, you know, Celine Dion's outfits are super cute. And I don't think it's a moral issue if you put your kid in black and white. <laughs> don't think she was sprinkling devil dust on them. And that I, glitter and you I, said was black. And I think that Christians like night. have a weird thing with the New World Order. And I think they should oh, just let it be I because you were that's not about that's that. not in the Bible. So it's just just leave it. <laughs> oh, you're gonna get some pushback from that right there. I thought you were gonna forget about it. Oh. We do have non-Christian listeners, mm-hmm. so they might not know what you're talking and about. And the, the people will have think that the New World Order is like a, the coming of the end days, where the world becomes one, and it's the New World Order. And I don't really know where this idea well the idea that the world becomes one and it's under like uh the antichrist is somewhat supported by some scripture if you read it the right way um but if you like the whole idea of like the quote the new world order isn't in there and people just need to chill it didn't come true in the 90s and i just don't think that baby clothes are gonna be the unraveling of society as we know it (laughs) So I was reading a little bit more of history in the baby clothes, and they did have the gender norms. Blue and pink started with the baby boomers. Mm. 
And then, of course, like we said, manufacturers got wind that people would buy more with that, and so they kept pushing it. And then in the 60s and 70s, it actually declined. Oh, um, and yeah, that's when rem- green and yellows yellow. came mm-hmm. in. But then because you would also have the little boys and girls both in the like blue jeans and like red and red and blue striped shirts. That was mm-hmm. a very big thing. Yep. So mm-hmm. what changed was ultrasound technology and being able to find out what you were having, and then therefore you could be ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so it was just manufacturers mm-hmm. again were like using this new technology to sell more things, and now they said is a time where. It's going to start shifting back more to gender neutral Mm -hmm. clothing because people are finding out, but they're also wanting more quality. Mm -hmm. They're wanting more hand-me-downs. They're wanting more, they want to be more Mm eco-friendly. And this disposable society that we just buy, buy, buy and throw away, throw away, throw away isn't as shiny Mm -hmm. and new Mm. um, as it was in the 80s and 90s. Yeah this um so we see what kind of amount of garbage and landfills we're filling up mm, with this new and shiny consumerism so gender neutral is working is is making a comeback Mm -hmm. but it's interesting that people think that it's the work of the devil work of the devil evil Mm. (laughs) so have we judged the heck out of that i think we have okay so Continuing on, we're shouting out small businesses this month, November and December. And so some of the small businesses that we haven't mentioned so far is Wagon Wheel down in Homer. It is a pet and supply and gardening store. They've got great dog food. (laughs) They do. And they've got some really cute gifts Mm -hmm. too. And they've got cute little critters and they've got a really knowledgeable staff that can help you with planting and what time of year to plant it and who may or may not be related to me <laughs> so are we doing homer or sure let's go with let's go with homer for a while okay yeah i'll shout out Udalali. okay <laughs> so it's an amazingly cool store so Udalali, if you remember is in robin hood Oh, in mm-hmm. the cartoon Robin Hood and Udalali. Mm-hmm. And dead. so it's a really cute little happy, fun store in Homer that has amazing gifts, candles, pretty things for your home, furniture, pillows, you name it. It is amazing. And the owner is super great. Mm-hmm. And every time I walk in, I feel really welcomed. And then right next door mm-hmm. to Udalali is Homer Jeans. Yep. And all of us like to shop in Homer Jeans. It's They've got really cool men's clothing and women's lines. And if you're in Homer and you need a bra, it's one of the only places oh, to yeah. get one there. It's just only one of the only places to get clothing in general in Homer, especially like the basics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they have high quality gear, especially outdoorsy items, stuff that will last a long time. Yeah. Anywhere else? We go to Finn's Pizza a lot. Yes, we do. Little Mermaid. Yep. There's a lot of really great, great restaurants. restaurants. Little in Homer. yeah, Cups Cafe, and then there's the Cosmic Kitchen, which is always good. Oh my goodness, <laughs> they make their salsas. Oh, they're all different types of yeah. homemade salsas. So I mean, you guys, shout out to Homer's. shout out some Homer ones. That yeah, you can go and visit or your hometown, and we will give them a shout out. So, um, thank you for joining us here at Ethical Quandaries, a podcast where we have a lot of questions. But no answers. And, and we're, we're judging you anyway. Technical support and photography by Tip Kingsley. 
Consultation by Mid Toker. Production music by EpidemicSound.com. Editing by me, Jessica Veldstrom. If you have an ethical quandary or a comment, you can email us at ethicalquandaries at outlook.com. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And support our work at patreon.com. 